We are a band of brothers, diverse yet unified, aligned to pursue the truth, resolute in our commitment. We are stronger together, and you are one of us. This is the Brotherhood Podcast. Brothers, welcome to the podcast. Today we get to jump in and break down our June breakfast with Attorney General of Oklahoma, John O'Connor. As always, I have Matt Schrader here with me. Matt, say hello to everybody. Hey. That was weird. Uh, Evan, good to see you. That, that was so odd. Uh, yeah. Hello, everyone. Of course, listening. I think I got freaked out because there was nobody in here. And I was for a brief moment, I was like, what are we talking about? But yeah, Evan, of course, good to see you again. And it's great to break this podcast down or this session down once again. Uh, it's going to be a unique one. You know, there's um, we did. It was a little bit different. And that's exciting. It's going to be it's going to be yeah. fun to break down. Yeah. Yeah, I told I told Johnny whenever we have like an actual interview style, it, it's always like different for us because usually like the idea of the podcast is for us to jump in and kind of further develop things a little bit. And I think Lee did a pretty good job of that uh, throughout there. So, you know, kind of as we dive into this, obviously, like what we said in previous podcasts is, is go listen to the audio from the actual podcast. I don't want to I don't want to repeat a lot of the things that they actually said, but I do want to further develop some of the ideas that they kind of pose out there because I think there was a couple of really good things um, from just from a practical brotherhood standpoint, uh, from a leadership standpoint, from a following Christ standpoint. I, I think uh, I think John hit on a, a lot of really good points. And so we want to talk a little bit deeper about those. So obviously go back and listen to the previous podcast. You'll get the full kind of message from that. But uh, I want to jump into a couple of things that, that really kind of stood out to me. And then Matt, I'd love to get your thoughts kind of as we as we dive into a little bit. John talked a little bit about his, his upbringing, his life. And I, and I feel like part of what he was talking about is really that that dilemma that, that I think we all kind of come to at some point where, you know, he was raised Catholic. So, you know, faith for him was, was something that was strong for him. But I think that ultimately he kind of came to an intersection of like, what, what do I believe versus what do I, my parents believe? Like, what, what is what is my foundation of faith? And for him, it, it took kind of, if I'm understanding correctly, all the way until college before he really started to dig a little deeper. So those first 18, 19, 20 years of his life was more along the lines of kind of riding the coattails of his of his parents' uh, faith. But I, I think some stuff sunk in, right? I think I think he kind of knew a lot of like, you know, here's the, you know, here's the foundation of that faith. But I don't know that it, it was really personal. Uh, personal to him. And I, I think he talked about that, but he made a statement that I, I thought was really interesting. He says, if everyone in church is as big a hypocrite as me, then maybe faith isn't real or maybe God isn't real. And I think that that was like a really kind of pivotal moment for him. And I, and I know that there's probably a lot of people at the breakfast or, or, or tuning in that maybe just don't have kind of their own personal faith that would, that would feel that way. And I think sometimes that's where there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of hurt that comes with that because it's like, man, you're, you're talking about Christ as this one thing, but I don't see that lining up in your actions. And, and I, I would say, and, and Matt, I'd love to get your thoughts on this is I think in that regards, it's possible that you're kind of observing somebody who's in more of a faith by association, as opposed to like what a real Jesus experience would be. And, and I think that that's where we, we kind of need to take a look at kind of, 
men in general, people in general, is they're all on these individual faith journeys. And they're, some of them are in very beginning phases all the way to, you know, some of them that are kind of walking day by day with Christ with a, a real, uh, real Jesus type experience. And I, I think that it's, it's really tough for somebody to kind of fully process that until they have that own difficult conversation with themselves is what do I truly believe? Am I going to chase my own selfish desires? Am I going to chase after the things that the world tells me to chase after? Or am I going to look deeper into who Christ is and, and what my relationship is with him and ultimately find my own relationship instead of what maybe somebody else tells me my relationship should be? Yeah, that's good. You know, I looked at the last couple months. So what John O'Connor started off, or Attorney General John O'Connor, started talking off with or talking about was kind of his crisis of faith. And we used that phrase for Chris Turner in previous breakfast, right? Yeah. He had a crisis of faith at that moment that really culturally, traditionally, we all kind of have a crisis of something in the sense of we move from our parents backing on something to what do we believe? And that's when he came to grips with that mm-hmm. in college. And I remember him, the, he made this statement. If life is all about just buying bigger toys, then there, then I don't know that I am all about this life said something to that effect to point out that he realized quickly that his success, his pursuit, the game of life had to be more to him than just get a better position with better money so I can buy bigger toys to play with. That it had to be more. You know, he, he, he came out talking about his first bit of activism or political aspirations came in protesting the beer charge going up 25 cents <laughs> and he was just using that to reflect how much of a bro or a frat boy he was not that he was in a frat just that mentality and that stereotype I think is what he's trying to point out but then along the way he starts to come to grips with we probably say the Holy Spirit started drawing him in and saying listen it's time for you to make a decision that you're either going to believe this for real and walk through this or you're not Chris Turner went through a similar challenge and what I like about these speakers that we have is that they kind of harken back to the early days of brotherhood when we were just grasping for people of any, any nature of any, and the idea was people inside of our community that has stories to tell that God has done something in their life that they got to talk. And then as you get bigger and more people start coming, you know, we had between 400 and 500 there this last time that's becoming a regular occasion, you know, no telling what, PWG is going to do at the end of the year. That's usually our biggest breakfast, and it usually blows out all the seats, you know, outside of a, you know, a Jim Bridenstine or something like that. So, but with more and more people now, the rightfully so, the speakers are more polished. They have larger platforms. They already have a bit of experience, if not a lot of experience, speaking and telling their story. So, anytime that happens, it loses a little bit of that raw, authentic nature that you feel when somebody's just kind of stumbling through their story. But with Chris Turner and then recently with John O'Connor, we kind of got that taste from seasoned speakers because they spoke about that time. Instead of instead of John, so when you listen to the podcast, you're going to figure out pretty quickly that it's not a very political, it's not, it's not his rah-rah speech to come vote for me whenever that is going to be. You know, of course they talk about the political notions that he has, but it's not really even his politics. It's just his journey into politics. So 
If you haven't listened to it, please go back and listen to it. But you'll see that it's really just his story. So we're hearing a portion of him that we don't get on TV or we don't get him when he's out there on the podium pushing for votes, things like that. So we got a little bit of that with him telling about how he came to be where he is. You know, what what happened to him in his life that brought him to serve Christ. And then then eventually, and I know you're going to bring this up, but we get into what does that look like in his current profession. And I really like that. I really liked hearing, and I still, and I, I love that aspect of it, of hearing people's journey to what, how God met them in that space. It becomes very real. And for me, it seems like I can walk out of those type of, events, whether it's brotherhood or somebody else. And I get a sense of how genuine is that person's faith. And I mean, from genuine, like I thought John O'Connor was to all the way to, I've had other events, thankfully not a brotherhood, but other events where I went to and I walked out and thought, uh, that wasn't very genuine. He's, he's not telling the story how most people meet God and that sense of surrender and submission. So now John O'Connor most definitely did. And that's what I'm thankful for with the brotherhood events is we get these guys who are willing to tell that story in a very raw way. And I was grateful for that. Yeah. I think, uh, to kind of piggyback on what you were saying, I think the difference is people who are striving for status versus, uh, salvation. And I think that, uh, That's when you're good. talking about some yes. of those events that you would go to or, or things where you're like, eh, like I, I'm not really connecting with that. Like if it feels more of a, like an ego trip than it is, uh, or a status trip than it is more of like, here's, here's how, Christ has transformed my life type of thing. And I, and I, and again, I, I think that's why I like from a, and I'm going to say men's ministry standpoint, because I, I think brotherhood is a men's ministry, but I think that's why it's difficult for churches and, and organizations to really do men's ministry because there, there's a pull, there's a pull that like, I really want to, you know, I want to be a man of status. I want to, I want to have influence. I want to, I want to have all the toys. I want to chase these things, but ultimately what happens is that if you surrender those things to Christ or you surrender, uh, you know, the desires of your, your heart to him, what he's going to do is he's going to ultimately give those back to you. But he, he wants you to pursue him. He wants your heart. And I think we talk about that a lot, a lot on the podcast about the importance of giving Christ your heart. He's put those desires within, within inside of you, within you. He's put those desires within you. And he will give them to you. He'll deliver those to you. But he wants you first. He, he wants you to pursue him. Does that make sense? Uh, it does. You know, when you come to Christ, we often come to Christ with a lot of things promised. Most notably going to heaven, which is a big deal and true. But even in the last several decades, we get wealth promised, health promised. And, you know, that's not, I'm not saying we shouldn't promise those things. But in those, and Jesus even promised them. So it's not that it's something wrong with the message necessarily, is that inherently in that is submission. So that's where I think we get that confusion and we run into that line. We have to draw between status and submission is what I'm commute. What am I commuting it, communicating it? And for the sense of this podcast is how am I living? How I'm living? Is it based on the status I present to people or is it based on the submission I have to God with status being secondary or tertiary, or maybe even much lower than that? It would kind of depend on 
how, what God's walking you through at that time. So, you know, we walk that line in how we live. And when we see and hear speakers that choose not to bring their status and rather bring their submission, I think that is one of the hearts of, you mentioned men's ministry earlier, having a difficulty growing. And if you build men's ministry on status and the proverbial contest of who's better, it just, nobody lasts, nobody hangs around because inevitably somebody's going to be better. And if you're just there for the contest, you've lost the contest. Let's move on. So that's the refreshing nature of one. If you're just listening to this podcast and you haven't been to a brotherhood event, that's one of those, you know, a little PR pub there for brotherhood is that authentic nature. But then also when you're listening to the podcast, you're going to get a sense of who are these guys really in the midst of some pretty high profile guests that we end up happening, having, you know, I'm not sure if I think we've talked about it, but you know, we have people every once in a while requesting to be, usually we're seeking out speakers and we're starting to get to that place where people are requesting. You're like, well, that's kind of odd. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's, is that right? And it's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, we're at that, at that space where God has just blessed us and it's grown. So hearing speakers like what we got, that our status, that do have some status to throw around, but don't throw it around. I think that really speaks. I know it speaks to me. It motivates me to live by my submission to God and not necessarily my status towards others. Yeah, I think the status is what gets people in the door, but I think the influence and the heart is what keeps them there. And I think that's what we're we're really trying to highlight in the speakers that we have, as well as just, you know, here in the podcast. What I want to do is I want to try to, you know, go through our journeys just as much as, as we're, we're hearing John O'Connor's journey so that people can really, especially men can really look at that and go, okay, like they don't have it all figured out. Like we don't have, I don't have to be a a level three warlock Christian in order to do X, Y, and Z to to be in a a role of leadership or, or, or to lead my family well, or to uh, get that next promotion. I, I think for us, it's, and, that, and that's why I was kind of talking about it before. It's like we're all on different walks right now. And from a brotherhood standpoint, we keep pushing in the same direction. Uh, I think Pastor Witt talked about it a while back, which is that long obedience in the same direction. And, and we want to continue to go that direction and not be deterred to go off course. Like, God, we're, I'm, I'm continually pursuing you even through adversity, even through all the, the trials that we have, having somebody like John O'Connor talk about the adversity of a political campaign and all the things that come along with that, I think are really influential to me because I feel like, especially in the last couple of years, I've been under a lot of adversity. Matt, I'm sure you're probably in this in the same kind of boat. Just it, there's just we're, we're just getting hit left and right. And, you know, if it's not a pandemic, it's inflation. If it's not inflation, it's uh, it, it's war. If it's not war, it's, I mean, you name it. it. It could be, you know, something that happens here locally. I mean, in Tulsa, we, we just recently had a, a mass shooting at a hospital. Like adversity is just hitting us left and right. And I think what we need to continue to do is continue to go to God with that and say, God, not my will, but yours be done. God, lead me through this. Guide me. Like, how do I lead my family well in this adversity? How do I, how do I stay on course when it's so easy, when that, that sofas look really tempting with the potato chips and, and really kind of looking at 
God as our source for all of that, because I alone cannot do it. I mean, he talked, uh, John talked about, uh, you know, the, the self-made man, and he talked about how the self-made man is is kind of an illusion. Like, we don't necessarily want to be that, or we want to be that self-made man, but it's not true. And uh, for us, you have to really kind of look at God saying, God, you've, you've built me, you've prepared me, you've, you've, you've basically put me in a position where I can do these things, but only because of you, I'm going to be able to do them. So uh, I'm going to try to steward these things. Well, uh, John talked specifically about in his, um, in his talk with Lee about how he became attorney general, not the political side of it, but just like how it came to be, like he turned it down and he, he ultimately said, God, if you want me here, you have to put me here. And I'm, I was really jealous of that story. If I'm being, if I'm being like truly honest, because there's been so many times when I've been like, God, I like, I just want you to make this happen. Like, if this is your will, just make it happen. Like, let us win this game. Let, let me, let me, uh, let me, uh, win this um, amount of business or let me get in like work for this company or start that. Like, I just want you to do it. And, and, and so like to see that walked out is I'm like, Oh, that is so awesome. But I, what what you don't see is like the preparation kind of leading to that. So it's not that like God just took somebody who had no law degree, no no experience as attorney general, no anything else, and all of a sudden he got put in that role. <laughs> I want to differentiate that. John was prepared and qualified for that position. God God allowed uh, or, or created kind of that last little bit. So you know, for me at first, I'm like, oh man, like I'd like to be, you know, president of a billion dollar company. But at the same time, I'm probably not ready for that. I think John was ready for that role. And that's why God was able to make that happen. But what I really liked on the back end of it was where John basically said, you put me here, you're going to have to take me out of here. So the adversity, the stress, the, you know, election that that, come, that comes with this, this job, you know, all, all of that responsibility, if John is doing his job and walking in God's will for him, walking in his purpose and stewarding the position that he has well, then everything will work itself out. And that's that's the, that's the situation I, I really want to get to in my life. I don't think I'm there yet, but I really want to get into that point where in every situation, I'm like, God, I give this to you. You, you can work through these decisions. You can walk through this and... I think the other thing that I really kind of got out of it was he said multiple times or not multiple times, but he, he emphasized it was, he said, again, you put me here. If you, if you want me out, you have to take me out. So we talked about that, but then he kind of put this additional statement in there that I connected with the most, which was, he said, I say that to God over 5,000 times a day. <laughs> and I think that that was the thing that it was like, okay, like God has put you in this position and you are kind of walking through it. And so you're like, God, if you want to take me out, take me out. That's cool. But it's almost like he had to remind himself and God, Hey God, you put me here. And it's like every five seconds, you're doubting yourself. Every five seconds, you're, you're questioning, like, am I in the right position? Am I doing the right thing? And you, you have to go look back to the goodness of God of, of him getting you into that position. And so I think that it's comforting to know that, that you are going to doubt even in, 
even in situations where you feel like you are walking in God's will, you are going to have that, that, that uncomfortable moment or moments or, or maybe large spans of time where you don't know what to do and you keep having to have that, that relationship, that communication with God, pointing back to him and say, God, you wanted me here. You put me here. I'm walking through that with you. And I, I think for me, that's just something that I need to constantly remind myself of is that even if I'm in the right place, I'm still going to deal with a lot. Like I'm still going to be hit with a ton of adversity and I can, I can take that to God and say, God, this is your plan. This is what you wanted for me. Let's, I want to stay in tune with that. And he's going to be there to comfort you. He's going to be saying, like he says in the Bible multiple times, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. I'm going, God, you have to take me out if you don't want me here. He's like, don't fear, don't fear. And it's just that, that constant conversation, which goes into relationship. And that's why from a brotherhood standpoint, we want to continue to have those conversations of like, this is my struggle. This, this is the challenge and the adversity that I go through. And this is how I go to God. So that when you're in that situation, when you're in that adversity, you can go to God the same way and say, God, I'm, I'm reminding you that you put me in this position. I'm walking in your will. I've surrendered this to you. And you, I know that you can work through that. So I know that was like a really long winded answer to the, uh, kind of that point, but I really wanted to make sure that we talked about that. Cause man, I, that really connected with me. Yeah. It reminds me of a constant conversation with God of submitting to him and reminding yourself and him, I mean, the Bible teaches us, remind him of his word, not that he forgets, but more of that from a relationship standpoint, this is who you are. This is the God you are. When you continue to go to God, hey, you put me here. I believe you're going to fulfill this next step, this next place. It Well, that becomes a relationship with God is what it turns out to be. And yeah, you may walk through success. You may walk through success. Uh, what I'm the picture I'm trying to paint is success noted by the world, noted by those around you. And you may walk through success, not noted by the words around you, by the people around you. But ultimately, if you walk with God, you will walk in success. That's what I enjoyed hearing with John O'Connor speaking is that you could hear that submission and that connection to God of how do we take this next step? How do we walk in this next step? And it didn't come off as, this super miraculous, completely out of left field journey. You know, he's very educated, very skilled at what he does. You know, you could hear the understanding and the foundation, if you will, of how he approached the challenges he was walking in. You know, how he approached the challenge of becoming attorney general. You know, how he approached the challenge even in his uh, law practice. And when you hear that on top of that continual conversation to God, it reminds you, it's, it's just the picture that we need. You know, this is why we do this. Let's not pretend it's not. It's that we want a constant picture in front of us of men walking before God that truly have walked in victory, even though it's done in humility. That's the picture we want to see because then we can mirror that picture. Then when I get to a challenge, you start talking about adversity. There's that the national adversity, local adversity you talked about, but there's adversity in my own home. There's difficult decisions that by and large, for in comparison to the grand scheme of the world are small decisions, but they are big, big decisions in my little culture and environment in my household. You have the same challenge, no doubt. There's little things you do in raising your kids and bringing about the godliness in your life, the godliness in your home, influencing them 
in a godly way without forcing it down their throat or controlling them in such a way that they kick back at it. Like those are other little adverse situations that may be made a little harder by inflation and pandemics and tragedy and fear. But even in a world where everything's high, the economy's flying, you know, everything feels safe, you still have those small challenges. And learning to submit to God on a regular basis has been a practice that I've has brought a lot of fruit in my life. You know, going to God on a regular basis and reminding both of us, I'm here to, to submit to your will. Whatever step it is, I, I may take. You know, there's a picture I got years ago where God puts you somewhere and then you kind of stave him off. You know, you guys listening to it can't hear it, can't see what I'm doing, but it's kind of stiff arm, stiff arm Heisman pose. God, and hey, I got this. You go do your thing. I got this taken care of. You put me here. I'm totally skilled to do it now. Well, yes, you are skilled to do it. And in this case, John O'Connor was skilled, is skilled to be the attorney general. That doesn't mean he doesn't need God moving and directing his life. I was in a conversation this last week and we were talking about earning money and challenges in business and developing that business perspective of a small business owner, entrepreneur. And we got into the conversation of God will add wealth, but no sorrow to it. You know, that's a scripture in Proverbs. And it's a theme all throughout scripture that if you do things submitting to God, then the success and wealth you have, although maybe not noticeable by the world, Maybe the world doesn't come out and say, man, please let me buy your book. Let me put you on to the Today Show. Let me do all these things. Like, But you find this pocket of blessing that God walks you in and you can walk in a level of wealth, no matter what that monetarily or even relationally, you know, wealth obviously easy goes to money, but even relationally, whatever that level is for you, whatever that specific point of God that God's put inside of you. You can walk with that without the sorrow that comes along with it if you do it the world's way. The sorrow of losing relationships here and there or having to sacrifice things that are ultimately a loss. You know, God calls you to sacrifice all the time, but they're never things that are lost. They're always the things that come back better than you would have had them had you tried to hold on to them. So in the midst of that, when you're walking with that daily conversation of submitting to God and his sense of like, God, you put me here. You're going to have to place me in the next spot. You're going to have to put me on that next step. You're going to have to put me in front of said individual to move this policy or whatever he was working with, with Oklahoma government. I, that perspective I can now take into my own business and say, okay, Lord, you put me here with these employees. You put me here with these jobs, with this community, with this overall grand population of X amount of people that can purchase my service. Like you put me here. God, what's the next step? What's my next place to be? Where should I be? How should I be be working? Where should my eyes be? Where should my thoughts be? Where should my perspective be in how I walk in that business walk in that relationship with him? Like those, that's a nonstop back and forth that we really got a good picture with. John O'Connor's, I keep saying his full name, but I feel bad. I don't feel right saying John. That sounds. Should we just call him John? John. Yeah, my buddy John. That's what John, That's what speakers like say. John O'Connor, Tom Cruise. Yeah, exactly. You, know, we're, we, you just have a first name, last it's name. First name, last name. That's, that's your whole name. Yeah. So as I watch him talk about this, it reminds me. And that's the beauty of the Brotherhood Breakfast is when I hit that every month, that's a dose of good breakfast. And then a few moments of like, oh, yeah, that's what it's supposed to look like. So if I've gotten lost along my way, 
I remind, I remember what it looks like. If I'm not lost along my way and I'm walking in that steps, it reinforces and reminds me, oh yeah, that's where the victory is. My machismo, my big headedness or me going out there and being the maverick or the hero, that's not what wins it. What wins it is my submission to God, make it, adding that extra little bit. If I just walk as the big hero complex, I'm going to have some sorrow. There's going to be some things I lose because of that attitude. Even if I win in the overall proverbial game of life. But submission to God puts that in a place where I can win in the proverbial game of life and also win in my personal life, in my, uh, in my relationship with him, in my actual walking towards godliness. Like Those are big things that are more important than that overall skeletal outside perspective everybody gets. That's a great point, Matt Schrader. I think that um, the there's there's definitely that walk part, right? And there's 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 also that kind of reminder part that we we talked about a little earlier, where the, the where the brotherhood part comes in. Because I, I do want to talk a little bit about his iron sharpening iron type of uh, relationship with Kevin, and I, I think that that's something that we also really need to highlight because, you know. For for Lee, I, I think his his biggest kind of quote was, you know, you need to have that kind of relationship with some somebody where, you know, you can see the sin in their eyes before it hap before the harvest. That's and good. I, I think that I think that's one part of it for sure. I think that that part of it is is something that we need to have from a brotherhood and relationship standpoint need to need to continually pursue and have that relationship with that that person. I think on the other side of it, it's that encouragement. It's that reminding you that we're going in the same direction. It's, 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 it's encouraging you through adversity. It's walking through that. Like, I love that point that he made. And I think that that point, like I'll let that point stand on its own. But I think, uh, in addition to that, that if you have the closeness of that relationship, that brother's going to know that you're going through adversity, that you need to be encouraged, that he's going to remind you the direction that you're going. He's going to remind you the things that you need to pursue. He's going to remind you, or or maybe he'll notice that you're just being a grumpy jerk right now, and and you need to you need to kind of back off. It's not that important right now. Uh, it's not in, that important to sacrifice relationships with your friends and relationships with your family it, just because you're frustrated, just because things aren't walking out the way that, that you need them to go. So, and I think part of that is, kind of ties into like the analogy he makes of the deposits. The, the deposits in friendship are sometimes it's going to lunch with somebody and just having that conversation. Those other deposits can be those, those wounds from a friend that can be trusted where you're literally telling them, and, and I'm still making a deposit when I do this, I'm making a deposit in you saying like, Hey, you need, I, you need to, you need to toughen up or you're, you're, you're walking, uh, you're still going in the right direction, but you're just leaving a wake of destroyed people. Uh, and that's not the, that's not doing it with excellence. That's not doing it the way that we should do it. You know, if, if we're trying to model Christ, we're trying to walk in love towards something. That's, that's not how it goes. And you need that, you need that friend that can speak into your life and you can have the, uh, relationship with them to be able to hear it. And I think that, you know, in some cases it's, it's easy to get those critics, right? It's easy to get those people that are going to tell you, Hey, you're doing it the wrong way. you Hey, you're being a jerk. And a lot of times you're like, yeah, you don't know me, like whatever, like I'm not going to listen to you. And, and that's probably my pride speaking. But if you have that friend that they come to you and they say, hey, uh, the way that you're saying that isn't coming off right and it just cuts you to your core, that's the kind of relationship you're like, 
I can't believe that I didn't see that. I can't believe I got to that point. And those are the relationships that we want to pursue. Those are the things that we, uh, the kind of friendships that we want to have from a brotherhood standpoint to the extent that, you know, he talked about his wife could call his friend Kevin or sorry. Yeah. His wife could call his friend Kevin and be like, Hey, I need you to talk to him because he's not listening to me and here's what's going on. And Kevin has that permission to basically speak back into him. Like, Hey, it's so bad. She called me. <laughs> it's so bad that, that, uh, you weren't even listening to your own wife and, and I have to step in and man, uh, if I had a phone call from a friend like that, like it, I'd, I'd probably be a little angry at first. Like, oh, here we go. Let me, now I need to defend myself. Now I don't need to explain it, but I'm sure Kevin will allow him to, to defend himself a little bit. And then he'll, he'll point him right back in the right direction and say, Hey, we need to keep, we need to keep going this way. We need to keep moving. We gotta, we gotta hustle baby. And, uh, and that's, that's the kind of brotherhood that we want. You know, they, they tied into the point that Satan's biggest fear is an alive believer, and an alive believer is alive because of his relationship with Christ, but also because he's in a community that's not isolated, that's walking in the same direction, that is encouraging each other, that's motivating each other to continue to go in that direction because we know we know what the destination is. We know where we're going. We know the value of making those deposits and having that kind of relationship. So, you know, looking at all of those parts of what John talked about, uh, it's, it's kind of a different message. So like, you know, if you listen to the previous podcast, it's like, here's John's journey. Here's the, you know, adversity that he's gone through. Here's some life lessons that he's learned along the way. Like, you know, some motivating quotes, all, all those things. I, I think all that's great. And, and, and those are, uh, I, I think those things stand on their own, but I think if we dig a little bit deeper into some of those, it makes a really, really strong case for brotherhood, just the importance of having a brotherhood, not the capital B brotherhood, the organization, but the lowercase b, the, your individual brotherhood and having that because a guy like John is in a position and, and, and he needs that brotherhood. He has that brotherhood. And I think that's why he's able to navigate the challenges that and the adversity that he navigates with grace uh, and also to be able to be in a position where it's like, hey, God. I know that this is your will. I know that I'm walking in it. And if you, if you, if this season is done and, and you're moving me to something else, I'm totally good with that. Like if I was in politics, which I'm not, but if I was in politics and it, it becomes a little bit of a, like a winning losing uh, situation where it's like, I want to win this race. I want to do this. And if I don't, like I'm a horrible person. And let's say the person that was running against me was running against me and just saying all sorts of stuff that was, you know, a, a full, full on character assassination. And let's say I lose, like I would maybe start to believe some of that stuff. Like I would start to believe the the things that people said about me. And so that's, that's just, that's tough. I mean, you're putting yourself out there, you want to win. And then all of a sudden this stuff happens. If you know who you are in Christ and you know, uh, that he's put you here for a purpose and, and that he can use all of those things together for good, then it doesn't hurt. It, 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 it takes a lot of that stuff out of there because when he talked about from a reputation standpoint, if you have that kind of reputation uh, and you have a godly reputation, you have a good reputation, you've earned it, it's not cheap. It cannot be stolen from you. And even if you're in a situation where your reputation doesn't hold up, you still have your own worth in Christ and you're able to walk through that, uh, walk through that season, through that adversity and not be in a situation where you're depressed, isolated, and, and 
questioning your faith because you're like, God, if that wasn't what you had for me, then, you know, show me what I can learn from it and let's keep moving forward. Let's keep that obedience, that small obedience in the same direction. Yeah, that's good. I love this story, the picture about his community. And it's one individual that's a good friend of his. But to extend that community to your wife and there is a trust. You know, we were, my wife and I were talking with a couple this weekend about one of the secure parts they felt like were great steps in their marriage were the fact that they had these friends that either one of them could call and say, hey, so-and-so's not listening. I need you to talk to so-and-so. And there were several instances they told us about in their relationship where they were able to work through some things because there were other voices that were speaking to their wife or husband. Those other voices kind of give them a little bit of a reality check to help sober up everything and get the conversation moving through humility between the husband and the wife. And it's, it's a tremendous need in brotherhood. Love to see that we've got examples of men in high places doing things like that and walking in a life that is similar to the life we're trying to walk as well. Well, brothers, uh, I, I think that gives a, a really good kind of encapsulation of, of that, um, that breakfast, but uh, I, I think there's probably more too. But listen to it again. I'd, I'd love for you to uh, get get kind of your own thing about that. And you know, if you find see me or Matt in the halls uh, of Brotherhood, let's talk about it. Like let, let's let's dig in a little bit deeper. We'd love to get your feedback on kind of what we're doing here, and uh, you know, see if if the value that we're uh, you know, hopefully providing is something that's really resonating and connecting with you. So brothers, remember, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. We'll catch you on the next podcast.